This is the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee. I'm Pugs McGee. You can follow me on Twitch at The Good, The Bad, The Pugly. Follow our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. All right. Episode 15. Today, we're going to talk about Bioware. And... Uh, how they started off really good, and now they're kind of really not. But before that, we were uh, kind of talking a little bit ago, like a few minutes ago before we started this, about uh, how games are coming out broken all the time, and how much that sucks. So we'll start off with that, and then we'll we'll go into it. Since uh, Warhound's really good at being a negative Nancy, he can he can start. <sighs> Hello, friends, people. Um, yes, I'm from the neighborhood of asshole, but um, <laughs> yeah, for real. In all honesty, I used to really like give games a lot of leeway, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> I think the last one that I really like let get slide by, but because I really just liked, was probably Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It was a good game. It was a good game, but for the love of God, you couldn't play it when it first came out. Like the whole Ubisoft store didn't work. Nothing worked. There was a mission where if you got to it. And something specific happened, you would have to start the game over. And I'm like, no, bro, it's Assassin's Creed. It's really good. I really <laughs> like it's. It, I mean, and then I realized that first of all, it don't even feel like an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> it, it was barely playable when it first launched. <laughs> I was just so like, no, it's so good, guys. You guys should play it. This and that. And at that point, after that, I was just, I don't know. So for now, like, hey, poor child. <laughs> Now on, it's like, oh, man, you got games like Cyberpunk, Outriders, Marvel's Avengers, fucking, I don't even know what else at this point. Anthem. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bioware, uh, Anthem, we got uh, <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, ooh that yeah. was a spicy one. It's like, people... Us as a consumer, and I know this is probably, I'm only looking at it from for our standpoint, but that's what we are. We're not, we're not, we don't make these games. So if I'm paying for something, I can't keep making excuses when they give me an unfinished product or a shitty product. So, like I said, at this point, I'm done excusing games for having bad launches because Cyberpunk's the biggest one for me. Because I was like, CD Projekt Red cannot fail after The Witcher. And <laughs> look what happened. Yeah, I actually said that several times. Yeah, so. But the worst part about that is that the game and the content is actually really good. It's just riddled with bugs. And I mean riddled with bugs. Yeah, well, so on the, on the it's really action, conflicting. It's it's not always like a, a broken game. It's sometimes there's just like uh, with Red Dead and Anthem, they were really good. They were well made. It was there's just no content. So you know everyone well, rushes through all the content that's there, and then it's like okay, now what? 
Anthem is kind of a, I don't know, like, I had more fun with that game than pretty much any other looter shooter next to Borderlands 1. But I wouldn't really call it a good game. Like, the story was kind of mediocre. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Uh, They had all kinds of problems with loot. Like, they didn't know what to do with loot. Uh, And their end game... Their end game... Like, what they were going to do after launch to add more content ended up getting put on hold because they had to go back and fix the way loot worked. And by the time they fixed everything that they needed to fix, they were so far behind with what they wanted to do that they basically just straight up went on hiatus indefinitely. And then they were going to completely redo the entire game. And they did that for a couple of years. And then recently they just scrapped it like they're not doing it anymore. So that's that's Anthem in a nutshell. But I had a lot of fun with it. The the gameplay was fun. It didn't feel like all these other looter shooters where you're just shooting a crap over and over again and it's just not dying. Now mind you, you did shoot a crap over and over again and you know they didn't die right away, but it just didn't feel like it was just this monotonous, terrible thing. Cause I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just because the gameplay was that damn good or because it wasn't as bad as the other games, but it really didn't feel that bad to me. And the flying well, in that really game, the flying in that game is some of the best I've ever seen in any game ever. So like just flying around and shit's fun. And the powers on the, the suits were really fun and enjoyable. And the game looked great and it played great. It felt great. But a lot of these other aspects of it just made it fail. And it's unfortunate because <coughs> I really had fun with it. You say that. Yeah, no, same. Uh, my issue with, with Anthem was the fact that, you know, once you got everything else done, you just end up with, like, there was, what, those three dungeons, and that's it. You yeah, know? exactly. You just keep repeating them and repeating them. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll keep doing this to get the loot. But basically, I was doing it in anticipation of more stuff coming, and I wanted to have the loot in order, you know, when the new stuff came out. And it just, you know, the stuff never came. It did, but it took forever. Because oh, I remember people talking about it. Oh, yeah, me too. And it's unfortunate. Uh, it, what was were you... at, it was at least like two months of just repeating the same three dungeons over and over again. Oh, I didn't even do it that long. Because I'd, I'd heard about what was going down. And I'm like, I'm not waiting for them to fix the loot. <clears throat> what were you going to say, Warren? Oh, no, I was just um, you say that, and like you know how you said the flying was good and shit. Um, the yeah. game may, may like great to most people, but other games take from that. So like you said, the flying is good, and that's a perfect example for um, Avengers. I know you don't like the game personally, but they literally took the flying from from Anthem and put it gave it to Iron Man and Thor. Literally the same same uh, controls, same aspect of flying you can do shit while flying shit like that yeah i mean they definitely 
they definitely took from it but it to me it didn't quite feel the same in the avengers i don't know why it, it felt stiff i guess when you're flying around with them or it was almost like non-responsive to me or something i don't know it just didn't control the same it didn't feel good or to me anyway in avengers yeah it was very smooth very fluid yeah I definitely tried to copy it for sure. So I'll that that that's definitely that's definitely. I mean, what I'm trying to say is like games that that games can flop, but people other people can take the good things about those games and put it in theirs. You know, and yeah, we'll have a better product. Yeah. Well, we can talk more about Bioware in a little bit, but we can go back to what we were talking about about games being broken and stuff. Huh? <clears throat> Uh, we talked about how you know you can't make excuses and stuff for them, and I get that. I try not to, and sometimes it sounds like I am, but I'm just like kind of being in the middle because I don't, I don't make games. I kind of know a little bit about what goes into it because I dabbled a little bit, like some super basic programming stuff or whatnot, like forever ago, but. Um, it's like I was saying before before we got on the podcast like back in the day you know you'd get games and they'd have bugs and glitches and things like that and it was too bad because you know there was we didn't have the online stuff that we got now where they could just patch it and fix it so it's not like bugs and things are new it's just I you know now we can get them fixed so I guess we kind of forget that, you know, back in the day, there was nothing that could be done. So you got what you got. Like, oh, yeah, I remember like po- Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Islands where you could just max any item. South Park 64 had some fun ones. I can't remember specifically, but I just remember. So, like, there's just, you know, all these old games that had glitches and bugs. And you either embrace them or you learn to live with them because there was no patching it out. So... At least now they could patch the crap out, but that's not really, I'm not, that's not an excuse for them to have a bunch of bugs and glitches and stuff like that. But, you know, at least they could do something about it now. The NES was a bug. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be playing a game and all of a sudden the whole screen would bug out and that's it. The game's toast until you're done. Well, you could reset it, but I mean, you could keep playing with like, you know, weird patterns in the background or your character is just a crazy scramble as you run through the game like you know back with the nes we just we just lived with that like your character would glitch out you're like well that's probably not going to come back oh well let's keep going yeah also like um you know the bigger games get the the more intense and the more ambitious games get the more bugs they're going to have especially these big open world games and things like that and you know every time they go in and fix something they could be making 10 more bugs or problems that they don't even know about at the time so there's that whole aspect too and again it sounds like I'm making excuses and whatnot but it's one of those things where it kind of is what it is and you know, it's easy to have the outrage, and it's understandable because you are paying money for this stuff. But, but you have games like God of War coming out the same time frame. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Honestly, like things like with Outriders, they had a lot of server problems. Yeah. And that kind of crap is pretty much unacceptable. Like your servers, that shouldn't be a problem. Like that's a whole nother thing for me. Like there, it, it, it's not hard to get servers up and running and running properly. So that, that right there is unforgivable. Like I really wanted to play Outriders, but because of the server issues and stuff like that, I was like, no, because like, the other problems it was having, I think, with some like cutscenes and things like that, loading, loading, you know, a lot of load screens and things like that, UI issues. That stuff is not that big of a deal, and it can be patched out. Um, I actually, it probably already has, but the server issue stuff like that—that's unforgivable. That's unacceptable. Listen, if Ubisoft still exists, clearly it is acceptable. Okay. Come on now, guys. We all know that hamster-driven energy is the most green and efficient, okay? Server issue. I think the biggest thing that we got to remember is, you know, take take like The Last of Us 2, for example, right? People didn't like how that game came out. So instead of not buying the game, and using your wallet to speak for itself, you're sending death threats to the employees. Like, how is that going to help anything? A, it, even the shitty game, the game's made by, like, one person. You can tell that there's generally a, a care, you know, a passion put into the project. Even if, even if it's a complete flop, you can tell, at least in one aspect or another, that they gave a shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to make a shitty game. Right, exactly. They don't go in there so, like, hey, let's let's make a piece of crap. It's a general sell, sense of entitlement that kind of you know people have these days. Like we were saying back in the day, you you just embrace the glitch. It is what it is. But now things have gotten so good that people just expect perfection, and if they don't get it, well, you get a tantrum. See, no, there's varying levels. I agree with you to an extent, but when you get a case like Cyberpunk, that's oh, really sure, bad. Yeah. I mean, there's extreme See, circumstances for, me, for sure, but for me, that's 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 that right there. That's the line, because that's just that. <laughs> I just I don't have words because, like for instance, they came out with a patch recently. They fixed pages, pages of bugs. So, like the fact that they had that many bugs is nuts. I mean, I'm glad they're fixing it, but. November, so it's been like five or six months and it's still got problems so yeah. i i bought it and downloaded it and never i, I think i played a bit of the tutorial and then just never bothered to do i it played it until it's smooth i'll get to it at some point i played a good bit of it and i didn't have too many problems on the ps5 but last gen versions were just completely screwed over Unplayable, riddled that's, with bugs. That's the thing. And that's that, oh, since um, any podcast list, listeners know, I finally got a PS5, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you finally did. Hell, it was a hell of a. I had to go assassinate a few people, Jesus, but not really. Um, that's, a, that's the thing, though. It's like these. You had exclusive... a homeless lady with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> these exclusive games, like. 
um, D- Demon Souls and Godfall. Even Godfall, like it, like at first it didn't have a lot of content, but it was, it was there was not a big problem. There was not a problem with it that nobody like complained about. So clearly, these next gen games are like doing things better. So if I think if Cyberpunk was specifically PS Five, it wouldn't have had the the bad opening that it did. Let me stop you there. I think you're grasping at the wrong thing. You're thinking it's the generation thing. Now, I'll get into that. You're, I think you're right to some extent, but you have to look at it this way. Uh, well, okay, I guess Godfall isn't a first-party game, but God of War is a first-party game. How many first-party games do you know of that are buggy and not polished? I can't think of any. Like Sony, Sony made games, or Microsoft made games, or Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo doesn't make buggy games ever. Like their games are always working, but their games are always, you know, not, you know, up to par. They're all well, yeah. They're always like a generation behind in technology, and their games are always smaller scale. Like even their big games are small compared to some of the other games. So at this point, Nintendo better not have buggy games, but. Yeah, first-party games are usually well-polished and not buggy at all. Uh, as far as the generation thing goes, uh, I would imagine that since games are getting more ambitious and intense, that the older generation is having a hard time keeping up because it's you know PS5 or PS4 is uh, going on eight years old, so you know. Well, I think uh, it kind of. I think he's right in the sense of what it seems like is they built Cyberpunk to be a PS5 game, and then either A we're like, well, we need to get this out because we need to make the revenue now. We're short on cat, whatever the reason is, or B they didn't think that enough PS5s would go out, so they thought, well, we need to sell it on the PS4 so that we can actually sell enough of them. So you can kind of see that. But I think it really was designed for PS5. I think that's just the long and short of it. Actually, it was designed for PC. Okay, that's fair. They thought they could dumb it down, and they were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> remember when we daniel on um, he kind of talked about that a good bit like he said you know yeah they they built it for pc and they're trying to I, what did he say he's like you're trying to put uh, stuff from a big box into a smaller box like exactly. the same stuff from a bigger box into a smaller box from a smaller box into a bigger box and they tried to put things from a big box into a small box and that's why they had a hard time that's also why all these games you know, everyone talks about PC Master Race and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, they have to make games for the lowest common denominator most of the time. Like, if it's cross-platform, it's going to be built around the weakest platform. Right. I mean, unless it's Xbox. like a... Unless it's... <laughs> unless it's a port that's coming out after the fact. Like, for instance, like uh, the Switch. Like, if, if a game comes out on the Switch after the fact, then it's going to be built specifically for the Switch. Like Doom, they really had to dumb that down for Switch and stuff like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, going from PC to console, 
they can't you can't build games for PC and then put them on console. You can't just do a straight port because consoles right. can't handle it and they never will. They'll never be able to handle it because PC is always going to be more technologically logically advanced because they got better guts. Yeah, you can build whatever you want into it. <clears throat> yeah, people are also well people on the PC market are also willing and able to pay for the necessary equipment to make it at that level yeah, people oh yeah. buy with, consoles with PC, because that's the, the, that's the everyday man right exactly consoles you know it's so it's the everyday man thing you know it's okay 400 bucks that seems like a lot well, but yeah, that's a whole lot I'm... less than a thousand dollars you know pc well you know cause unless you're probably like 2400 <laughs> yeah, yeah i was gonna say a thousand dollars for a pc that's like a you know that's Again, that's baseline. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good. I mean, that's still a pretty good PC. But I mean, like, you, that's one you build yourself. Yeah, so. yeah. But nah, the that's where they screwed up. They should have built it. Yeah. I mean, even if they'd done it for the next generation of consoles, it still wouldn't have turned out so buggy and bad. Like, I think it would have ported better to the last gen. Because I mean, they're still doing that with other games now. I think it's solely because they built it around the PC platform first, and then tried to dumb it down. That they screwed it all up. Yeah, for sure. But it's weird because they've done that before. Because the original Witcher game and The Witcher Two were both PC only until they ported them down. I believe I could be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure The Witcher started on PC. But I don't know. You're probably right. I don't know. Eh. Either way, they they screwed up with that. Mm, right. Um, I screwed up with a lot of things, fortunately. <laughs> other than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they came out and apologized and said they screwed up and that they wanted to do better and that they have been fixing it and things like that. I mean, it's been a long time since the game came out and they're still fixing it. (laughs) But I don't know. I see with them, with them, I genuinely believe what they're saying. Like, I know, you know, normally like, oh, they're just playing damage control, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure that's part of it, but I don't know. They seem like a pretty genuine group of people. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the thing is is like again, I when it comes to the people on, you know, the front lines, quote unquote, like they're not the ones who de- make the deadlines for when the game comes out. You know, it's like even if you have, you know, how many game Sonic Boom, the QAs, they told them that game was trash. <laughs> Put it out anyway. You know, again, the QAs can tell the company or the distributor hey like it's not ready you need to delay it and they'll just ignore them anyway like it just depends on whatever what the the publishers exactly a big role in all of that Mm -hmm. so exactly so i mean there's just so many factors you can't just say oh it's just this oh it's just that you know it's just not how that works yeah we don't know half of it really exactly yeah and we're not there either so it's like you know, and again, we don't make games either, so right. There's a lot of stuff we take for granted, and we're like, oh, you know, they should do this and they should do that, but we don't understand just how hard it is to do certain things. Like, 
for instance, in Final Fantasy XIV, I invented tic tac toe. (laughs) (laughs) In Final Fantasy XIV, there's a system that lets you. Uh, it's a glamour mirror and you can put your gear into the mirror and then use it as glamour, like to put it over other gear. So say you have really strong gear, but it looks like dog crap. Well, you can use the glamour mirror to change the appearance. But the point is you can only access that mirror in your barracks room at the inn or the, uh, the, the free company barracks rooms because they literally can't make it to where every person can have them in their house or their free company houses. So it's stuff like that where it's like, why can't we have this stuff in our house or whatever? And it's just like, they literally just can't do it. And it's just like, wow. You know, if you think about it, it seems like such a small thing, but they, they just can't do it. So we take that for granted. We don't know how hard it is to do this, that, or the other from a development mm-hmm. standpoint. Right. So, but even I'm getting to the point where, you know, I don't want these games because they're getting buggy as hell. And Outriders was one of them. I played the demo and I liked it. And then the game comes out, and it's all these server problems. And it's funny because I didn't have any problems at all with the, the demo other than the, the, the cutscene problems they had. That was in the demo, but. Like, I didn't get disconnected from the game, nothing. I didn't have UI problems. It played well enough. There might have been a little bit of lag, but I mean, it's just funny to me that the demo ran better than the game when it came out. Like, how does that work? Hmm. It's just Square Enix has crappy servers. <laughs> yep, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we think, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ubisoft has some bad servers. At least their servers run. At least they turn on, you know? Anyway, let's get back on the topic of Bioware. Uh, We're going to talk about how, you know, they came up and how they're going down and how I hope they can get back up. Because, you know, they started out in 1995. Like, two doctors started the company, which is kind of weird to me. But I don't know the whole story behind that. But, you know, they made some pretty great great, yeah, great games early on, like Boulder's Gate and Jade Empire, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. You know, they made Mass Effect, Dragon Age, all these pretty big pretty big games that had good success but then anthem you know andromeda Andromeda. i didn't like inquisition either wasn't we'll we'll get in we'll get into that we'll get into that (laughs) but lately like i'd say i'd say over the last 12 years or so they haven't really done too great their Um, entire staff had changed for a good chunk of that but after uh they finished the mass effect series i'm pretty sure it was kind of a mass exodus because of how they were kind of treating the employees uh 
I don't recall hearing about that. I mean, if it happened, I probably did hear about it, but that was quite a long time ago now. So for sure, for sure. I mean, they yeah. they had they had what they called the uh, the magic. Uh, it was like the magic crunch time or something like that. They were literally banking on them getting everything done at the last minute. That was literally like their thing, and they basically banked on that for every game they made. And well, you know, when the Mass Effect series started to end, that was when it became just way too much for a lot of a lot of people. There was a lot of mental health issues going on. Like, just is just crazy. Well, the crunching thing that happens. That's really common still. Oh, I read yeah, about that all sure. the time. So mm-hmm. it's not just them. I know for a fact that uh, CD Projekt Red had problems with that. People talked about that. Uh, Rockstar, you know, Red Dead Redemption, GTA. Oh, guys, Rockstar's they real do bad with that. Yeah, oh, they're real bad with that. I think it's actually commonplace for that to happen. So, yeah, that's. Man, that's crazy because they literally sit there and, and just not even go home and stuff like that. That's sad too because, like, you know, especially these people with like families and stuff, and it's just. Eh, I blame to... the publishers. It should be optional. Like, they shouldn't be trying to force people to do it. Like, if they want to do it and they get paid extra for doing it, then I'm personally okay with that. But if they're like, you know, in danger of losing their jobs if they don't, then that's BS and that shouldn't be a thing. Right. It should be mandatory. Mm -hmm. And I blame the publishers because two reasons. They rushed the crap out. And the reason they rushed the crap out is because they announced these games friggin' five years before they come out. Mm -hmm. So people get sick of waiting for them. And then they want to appease the people that are sick of waiting for it. So they rush the crap out. They put pressure on the developers to rush it out. And then you get bugs. You get crunch time. All these really bad things. And it's it's, it's dumb. Like, wait to announce your damn game until, you know, I mean, hell, a couple years out. But these games that don't come out for five, six 13 years, <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy. I knew what you like, were going with. Don't announce these games until they're, there's a decent time frame. At least have a window. Like Some people are really good about that. For instance, Bethesda, they announced Fallout 4 like six months before it came out. I was like, okay, good on you. Really good on you. That's how it should. That's what I want to see. But I don't mind... I don't mind it being a couple of years, but this crap where it's like five, six, ten years, mm. it's like no wonder the publishers want to get it out. Because by the time it's close to coming out, they're probably like, yes, finally, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Go. So it's just like, you know, just don't announce the crap, but they keep doing it. They keep doing it. Like, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima. They were they worked on that game for like eight years. I forget when they announced it. It only took them a few years to put it out after announcements. So I'll give them credit for that. But they just need to stop. They just need to stop showcasing the crap if it's not ready. It's like they're doing it because they need to have something to show. Like, you know, hey, we're having this show and we need to show you stuff. So we're going to show you this crap that's not going to be coming out for like ten years. I'm like, gee, thanks. Looks really cool. 
but I'm not going to get excited for it because I know it's not happening until I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I see the other thing too is I think the early access community has really not helped with that either. I think that really not necessarily as much for AAA games, I don't think, but I think it's given people maybe the wrong idea about expectations of game release. See, I'm going to counter you there. hmm. I'm going to counter you with at least when they label a game early access, you know what you're getting into. Hmm. Like, you know, if it's if you're paying for early access, they even on Steam that you know it'll say at the bottom, "This is early access." Blah 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 blah. It's not yeah. done. You know, it's gonna have bugs. Blah blah blah. But you know, it, you choose to pay for that, knowing that. Mm-hmm. And those are usually a lot cheaper as well. I mean, not not always. I guess it depends on uh, what what kind of game it is, like who's making it, et cetera, et cetera. But. Uh, I'm actually kind of into the early access thing because I can get my hands on it way sooner. And, you know, I know what to expect and that, well, it's going to get better. (laughs) What game was it that lived in uh, beta mode for like literally years? I can't remember. Minecraft. Minecraft yeah, was, was technically awesome. a beta until Microsoft bought them, and that was just a few years ago. And Microsoft's been around forever. I mean, uh, Minecraft's been around forever. Uh, Ark, Ark was in beta for like ever. Even when it came to the consoles, it was still in beta. But I bought that game early access on PC, and I loved it. Uh, what else did I get early access? PUBG. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I got that early access. I loved it. I paid like twenty bucks for that crap. I played that thing for like three months straight. Totally worth it. As long as you understand the expectations and can live with what you're potentially getting into, I'm all about early access. So I don't really see it as a bad thing, and it might even be kind of like a the future thing. And you know, it's a way for them to to put stuff out in a good time. Now. I guess there's some risk because it's like, you know, what if they never fix the bugs and blah, blah, blah. But I guess just in my personal experience to this point, that's never happened. Well, okay. Arc still has bugs and lag and things like that, but I don't know. There's, I guess maybe for me, as far as bugs go, that it takes a good bit for me to really get frustrated because, you know, I've been gaming for, what, 27, 28 years or something. A long freaking time. So I guess I'm used to bugs by now because there's always been bugs. So unless it's literally something like cyberpunk level or just server problems crashing all the time like we talked about, then I'm not going to I'm not gonna cry about it too much, you know? There is yeah. a Dragon Ball game that is still in beta and it started in 2010. <laughs> so a PC game called Dragon Ball Unreal and one guy's working on it and he's got it to the point where it's so great but it, nobody will publish it for him and he's just letting people play it in beta wow it's, a, it's free too if you go to, on your PC 
And it's well, maybe amazing. I'll check it out. But it literally took him from 2010 till now to make it look awesome. <laughs> and now he's just trying to find some way to publish it. Anyway, back to the topic of Bioware. We kind of strayed a little bit, which is fine. But uh, So we were talking about, we talked about Anthem. We talked about Mass Effect, Andromeda. Uh, garbage. <laughs> yeah, that game had some problems, like the facial animations. And I personally only played it for a few hours, and then I never touched it again. Now, I love Mass Effect One, Two, and Three, but even Mass Effect Three screwed up because the ending was horrendous. They true, uh, but I will give it that they fucking they they did you know change that with the uh, and it was update. still horrendous. <laughs> I mean, it was relatively bad. Okay, well, okay. At least it gave me closure when they right, did, right, right, right. It, when yeah, they exactly. rehashed it, so I'll give them that. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for me when it comes to an ending is closure. So yeah, right, right. Overall, uh, Mass Effect... They, they could have done worse, but yeah. Overall, Mass Effect as a series is good. Minus Andromeda. I'm just going to... Just assume that I'm leaving Andromeda out because I don't even want to think about it. But I'm cool with that. I don't feel like thinking about that either. My other problem with Mass Effect as a series was back when the first game was coming out, they made it sound like... Because, you know, they always knew it was going to be a trilogy, so they were like... Not many games were doing this at the time where your decisions would carry over from game to game. So mm-hmm. they made it sound like your decisions were going to be heavily impactful even towards the end of the series. Now, mind you, I think the series started in like 2006 or 2007 and ended in like 2011 or 2012, or at least the trilogy. Now, that's a long time to be sitting there thinking there's going to be this big payoff at the end. So you make all these decisions throughout one, two, and three. And they do have an impact. Like, for instance, well, spoiler alert, but in the first game, if uh, you kill the Krogan, whose name I can't think of right now, he won't be in the other games. Somebody else will oh, take his Drax. place. Or, no, not Drax. Uh, God what damn, what the hell was that guy's name? <sighs> Somebody Google it really quick while I keep talking. Oh wait, wait, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but Jamie, anyway, sure. <laughs> yeah, we need. Oh, we need a guy in the chair. Anyway, you know, you kill him off, and then he's not in the other games, and he ends up becoming like the chief of the Krogan and all these other things. If you don't kill him, so that's a pretty big deal. But you know, you get to the third game, and you realize that the decisions you made didn't really change anything that drastically like the biggest thing i guess is that uh tally will kill herself or not kill herself depending on how you are but aside from that there was really no big payoff from your decisions and that was a big disappointment for me because i literally spent years playing these games thinking hey what i'm doing here is mattering like i literally sat there and thought about what i was doing and I, you know, played a good guy because I wanted to make sure that I got a good ending at the end of the day. And nothing happened. Now, mind you, I try and stay true to 
my my own personality when I play. So I'm kind of the good guy type. Because there's some really crap things you could do in that game, like really fucked up stuff. Like, oh there's yeah, reporter, there's this reporter you meet. You could just straight up punch her. You could just straight up punch her, and it's hilarious. Oh, no, you can punch her like you can punch her like four times throughout the series. You just continually punch her. I <laughs> always play hilarious. Renegade. I would punch her I every single time that. in every game. No, but it's great. It just doesn't fit my personality. But I, I think I went back and did a renegade thing as well. But I usually do the good guy route first because it's more akin to how I actually am. Like I'm not gonna. That's fair. I wouldn't really do anything like that. I mean, now mind you, if it's you know, if people, you know, uh, antagonize me, I'm not gonna sit there and not say anything or whatnot but i wouldn't sit there and do any of that crap (laughs) you can do some really messed up stuff i usually trash talk in games like that but i usually stick to like the the lighter side if there's an option to go lighter dark like Like neutral uh, good um what was that the oh man the one where you slide along on the uh the high wires like the electrical wires and stuff yeah you know what game i'm talking about Sunset Overdrive. No, he's talking about Infamous. Oh, Infamous. I don't know why I just said Sunset. Yeah, Infamous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like that game. And then there was uh, I played the uh, the Walking Dead uh, Telltale series, and same thing. You know, I'll I'll lip people off, but I never like cross lines. If there's like a good or bad choice, I almost always. That's more or less me. That's more or less me. Yeah, that is not me. At all. <laughs> yeah, me Speak- neither. Let's just say I, I played the Wolf Among Us, the Telltale game. I ripped a person's arm off because he said something stupid to me. It's funny, though, because uh, I've been playing Near Replicant, the remaster of the original game, and uh, I'll be walking around in the wild, and these deer will just kick me when I walk by them. And I, so I, I told them the one time, I'm like, if you kick me, I'm going to kill you. And they kicked me, so I killed them. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> like, I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, actively, we warned you. you warned I wasn't you know? actively trying to kill them, and then they still fucking horse kicked me. And I'm like, okay, you're done. That's more or less how I am. It comes to like. Listen, they don't want to listen. They get the boot. It's like me in Literally. real life. You know, if you don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. But, uh... They're going to yeah. be some fucking though. <laughs> ah. But yeah, lately, uh, Bioware, you know, hasn't been doing great. Or anything. Like, Dragon Age. Whoa. I only liked the first game. The second game was... Ugh. And Inquisition, like, everybody loved it for some reason. And I just didn't at all like there was a crap ton of side quests and they were all garbage and i didn't want to do any of them but it was littered with them like there is side quest side quest side quest and it's just like i don't even want to be doing this at all and it, it actually completely ruined the game for me just the side quests alone because i'm like garbage just garbage i i, I, mean, I don't know what else to say i stopped playing the game because of the side quest i the problem for me was okay. So the first game, great. 
four out of five, five out of five. You know. Oh yeah. First second game. Either. Second game. The gameplay was fun, but only one character was good in that whole in that whole game. It looked like crap too. I don't know what it was, but the second game looked like crap. They they changed all the graphics and the way everything looked, and it just looked. Eh. It I looked, mean, one didn't have great graphics either, but it looked good for what it was. It looked more plus, like its time. Yeah, right. Yeah, plus one came out like forever ago now. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty alright. When the but, game came out, it looked great. Yeah. But and, you know, two, and the monsters were actually like scary looking. Like I mean, you were you're literally fighting demons. Like it was awesome. I don't but know anybody this, that, like actually liked two. My old roommate liked two. Well, he's and wrong. again, it was well. See, see, the thing is, is we have the disagreement on why the original one was good to begin The original one. Is obviously a PC game. We'll see. The thing is, if you don't like the point and click turn based combat, then you're not going to like that game. You're going to like two just because, you know. Right. And that was his thing. I'll give you that. That's just preference at that point, though. So, like, for me, you know, I was cool with that, you know. But two, so I get it. You know, two had flashy combat. It was cool. It made magic cool to play as well. So, like, you know, I can, I can get it. You know, I can get behind that. But the characters just were nowhere near as good. The storylines are nowhere near as good. Like, it was just pretty inferior in pretty much every way. Yeah. So it was kind of like a super hard letdown. And then Inquisition had the same issues, but like... Inquisition looked really good, though. Well, it still had like the same like character issues and stuff like that. So like, you and know, it I played kinda... really good. See, that's the thing. I think that was a big thing for why people liked it was it was a lot more. It was kind of like combining two and one, where it was yes. combined the turn-based combat with yes. the fluidity of with two, because you could stop it. You could right. like pause right. it. You could still do the tactical like view and stuff like that. So you know, it made sense. I like liked I, I that. Could... Yeah, for sure. That's but I, I hated everything else. Like exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, well, I okay, like, I like the multiplayer. It's funny. Look, okay. So I played the story for like two hours. It was done with it. I played the multiplayer for like 50 hours. <laughs> you can only do dungeons. That was boring. I played the multiplayer for like ever. I don't think I ever played the multiplayer. It was fun as shit. Now, mind you, at the what, time... What? There wasn't a whole lot going on with other stuff, so I was kind of like co-op starved. So that kind of probably yeah. made me play longer for, than I normally would. Yeah, but you know, still, like, if it's still good, like, it can be, you know, trash and still hold your attention. Like, you know. yeah. Well, or I mean, the if, if it's not really good. the gameplay yeah. and the character building was good, but that was literally the only thing I liked about the whole game. Hmm. It's really yeah, disappointing because no, I loved the first game. Loved it. Oh, yeah, same. The story, everything. And then and they just like dropped it, like the whole thing. I completely agree. And it got game of the year. The Inquisition got game of the year, if I recall correctly. And yes, it did. I'm like, I'm like holy crap. Because like, I can appreciate the good things that it did, but game of the year. I, I, oh man. 
I forget what other games came out that year, but I'm like, that is not game of the year. <laughs> That's like almost yeah. as bad as The Last of Us when Last of Us Part Two winning game of the year. Mm. In my eyes. So yeah, you know, I can kind of agree. And then more recently, the anthem crap. So Bioware is just you know they went from making all these great games and then it's like they've just gone back and forth, back and forth. Actually, that's how that's how it feels. They went from a solid, great company, and now it's just back and forth. It's like EA bought them, and now it's just over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I think it was there was so much going on, and they drove out a lot of their regular guys, you know, and that really didn't help. Yeah, I'm sure that's you know, probably. So, their big That's talent leaves, the their that. script writers leave. Like, I yeah. mean, you're kind of crippled to begin with. Like, you're you already don't have much of a chance, you know, just from those two factors. Yeah. So, which is super unfortunate, you know. Do we think they can come back? With Not the right game, mm. Everybody just talks super situation. One at a time. Mm-hmm. I would say with the right game. First. What's that, Robert? But I would say with the right game, they could probably definitely make a comeback. I mean, one good game can really make a difference. Well, they're working on another Dragon Age and another Mass Effect. Yeah. And I mean, the way things are lately, that's probably what'll do it is just another repeat title. Instead of something new and original. Not with EA backing them. Not with EA backing them, you said? Yep. (laughs) There's only two games that that have come that is good from EA. And one is A Way Out, which was like a strict co-op game. And the second one is it takes two, which is also a strict co-op game from the same small company that EA hosted, basically. Hey now, uh, Titanfall is good. Oh <laughs> shit! Never mind. Yeah, Apex. <laughs> yeah, you love right. Apex. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's respawn, though. I, I yeah, okay. Battlefield. I still, I still think Bioware is just like, like Knights was saying, they got most of the original guys that made the good shit. And now they replaced them with more of the the EA types or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> the EA types. <laughs> what the... the EA cronies? Yeah, it means they they moved the big. They just picked up people up into the smaller company. Yeah, because no, yeah. I get that. Like yeah. that's when a bigger company takes right over a smaller company. That's what they do. They got Jay Leno, Jay Leno writers to write the plot for games. Like, is this a joke? Actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> See, like, with um, with Dragon Age for me, you guys know I don't like those type of games where you like point and you go there or whatever, and basically turn base. But I, I liked one better than two. <laughs> Because of the story. That says a lot coming from you. Oh, no, exactly. the story. Yeah, that, 
story was phenomenal. The story was crazy good. Amazing. And the char- the characters, bro, oh, literally carried that game. You really didn't need it. The um, gameplay could have been stick figures fucking punching each other, and it was still would have been a great game. And the game was freaking hard. The last boss, that crap was hard. <laughs> that crap took me like over an hour, and I won. <laughs> I forget what the last boss was. I think it was a dragon. And it's the archdemon, the dragon form. Yeah, and it was this big battle, so it wasn't just the dragon. There was a bunch of other crap too. It took for you had to fight like ogres, and you well, you had to. So basically, it also didn't help that you did the good guy side because you don't get the uh, the fucking golems and shit to help you out. You got like the weaker, like the dwarves to help you yeah. out and stuff. So like, who you sided with to kind of determined how easy and hard yeah. the final really battle would go. That was really hard for me. I was like, damn. I didn't even yeah, die. No, it was it took me like an hour. See, I did the uh if you do a certain ending too, like um it'll it'll help you in that fight too. You have to do like sleep with Morgan or something and then she Oh uh... yeah, I did that. I mean, you know I did that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh her mom was a bitch. Ooh, spicy, spicy. Wouldn't like to have her as a mother in law, that's all I gotta say. You're not wrong. But no, but... that game was so good. I dude, I wanna give me hell, I don't even care if it's a remaster, just port that crap. I wanna play that. Knights of the Old Republic. Just give me that. That was a good game. Jade Empire. Jade Empire. That was Jade an Empire. Xbox game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Original no, it, it's so it's so hard to think about these you know older games and stuff just because we know what they're capable of <laughs> you know like they spent so many years building these great like literally building childhoods and stuff you know really cementing people's Story opinions on people. media they, story they changed story playing games. They did Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate were huge. And Baldur's Gate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those games were huge. And that's what really set them up. Like, mm. pushed them forward. And the storytelling. That, man, they really they really brought storytelling to games single-handedly. And Because uh, it's never about the gameplay. None of their games are really about the gameplay. Let's be honest. Like... Like yes, they're flashy and all that, and sometimes they're kind of cool. But they're they're so like it's not about that though. They knew what was important in a video game. I mean, the story the story was definitely the best part of all their good games. But their gameplay was good too. Like for the games. Well, that's what I mean. Oh so yeah, yeah, for that sure. That's a lot about like, them. like you know, mm-hmm. if you can get a good story and good gameplay, like that, that's what else can you ask for? Right, right. But no, I get, I get what you're saying. Definitely the plot was always like the best of the best. You know, that was always like the driving point for their games, for sure. Mm-hmm. Even in Mass Effect. Do yeah, I think... I, you... I, oh, go on, go on, go on. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I, no, you're good. Um, Yeah, I just really think that... I guess with Mass Effect 3, you know... We all know how the ending came out. There, there had to have been 
something going on with that, you know, and I think that I really did affect the the employees. And that's, and that's really, probably it's really unfortunate yeah, it's really because up. the rest of the story was so good. No, oh, it was definitely the best one story wise by far out of the three. Ending though. Like the payoff of it all, and then you screw it up, and it's just like, oh no! <laughs> like I was, oh man, I was so. I was salty. I was salty. It was so good, and I'm not even big sci-fi. I mean, I am more now than I was, but it's that's peak sci-fi. Then. That's peak sci-fi, right? Absolutely. Yeah, especially, especially then. If I you was keep, not, you know, your favorite characters alive, and man, oh, it's like original Avengers Endgame shit right there, dude. Like, it's crazy. I think those, I think Mass Effect is what got me more into sci-fi. Like, single-handedly, those games turned me more towards sci-fi things, books, movies, games. So I could say, yeah, I believe it. Really impactful for me. And then, you know, even despite the ending. Because they did, you know, amend it and it did make it better and it brought closure. It wasn't great, but I'm comparing it to the rest of the story in the games. And the story was just that damn good that that ending just didn't do it justice because the rest of it was just that damn good. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Now, me personally, do I think... Do I think Bioware can come back? Yes. Two reasons. One, they've done it before. Because they have been going back and forth. They've been going back and forth. Uh, They've had their ups and downs. And usually, a lot of game companies will just go to crap. And then they'll just, you know, disband or whatever. Get shut down. Mm -hmm. They're still here. Um, you know, new Mass Effect, new Dragon Age, that's all promising, especially if it's coming next gen, because it's been a while now, even since Andromeda came out. So, uh, if they make a next gen Mass Effect and next gen uh, Dragon Age, I think they can come back. The other reason I think they'll come back is because they have to, they can't screw around now, because I truly believe. That if those two games flop, that they're done. Hands down. They'll get shut down. Yeah. And There's I think no way for them to make up those losses, honestly. With EA oh, yeah. being sort of the gatekeeper, it's like, okay, <laughs> we got your account. Like, if you don't pay off, you're done. We're just gonna sell you off. Yeah, I think I think they'll pull through out of necessity. Now Obviously, I could be wrong, and they could flop and just go to crap and fail. But I'm going to say that they'll pull through just because they have to. So here's hoping. I want them to. I want the new Mass Effect to be good. I want the new Dragon Age to pull me back in. I'm hoping they do. I'll be keeping a close eye on it. I'll be reading up on it. And we'll just have to see how it goes. This has been another episode of the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee. Follow us on Facebook at the Mediocre Gaming Super Friends Committee. 
and on Twitter at MGSFC Gaming.